0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Tampa Bay Rays spring training opener is today in Port Charlotte as they host the Phillies at 1 p.m. So to get you ready for that, we've got a real treat for you today at FanFest. A little while ago, we had a chance to sit down and talk with the newest race pitcher, Charlie Morton, a fascinating guy whose uh, best years have come late in his career. Of course, he pitched uh, Game 7 of the ALCS and got the last out in Game 7 of the World Series just a couple years ago. He's going to be their number 2 starter in the rotation. We also spent some time with pitching coach Kyle Snyder and talked about Morton and, of course, Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell. You have to hear the predictions Snell made to Snyder in Seattle prior to last season. You want to hear that. We're getting you ready for Rays Baseball on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know, this podcast is growing, and if you own a business or you'd like to grow with us, our sponsors have shown great results advertising with us. You can contact us on Twitter about those opportunities at SportsDayTB, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We'd love to have you become part of our team. Okay, Charlie Morton joins us now. And, uh, Charlie, first of all, uh, FanFest, your first race, FanFest, I guess. Take us back a little bit and, and tell us about, obviously, you had a lot of options, a lot of opportunity, but what it was about the Tampa Bay Rays in general that, that uh, you know, b- beyond the financial aspect of it, that would make you want to be part of this?
3: Um, I knew that the team was really talented. And, um, and being in the AL East, you know, and and getting a chance to compete against the Yankees and the Red Sox, yeah. um, and having the team having won ninety games, um, that it was going to be the kind of environment where you're kind of an underdog, sure. and you're, um, you know, you're fighting for your place in the division, mm-hmm. and that intrigued me. And that that uh, you know that being an underdog in, in uh, is appealing to me. Um like trying to prove people wrong. <laughs> and um and I got the sense that there were really good people in this organization. You know, I came I came up to the trap Um I don't I don't I can't remember the date. You know, they ju- we just you know, some of the guys, some of the front office some of the front office personnel and and and, and staff, they just wanted to sit down and, and, and talk. So, I came up and I, you know I did that and I, I left with the impression that there were um, that they were just there were good people and that to me that that's the biggest thing is uh, uh you know people have a have a sense of, of morals and they're trying to do the right thing and uh, that, that leads to uh, cohesiveness you know top to bottom and um, you know I have a common goal but at the same time um, you know, you can you can build relationships, meaningful relationships, and that that leads to success. So, and and on top of the fact that we live in Bradenton, right? Um, we have four kids, uh, and um, our oldest is in enrolled in uh, in kindergarten at the elementary school, and you know we've we made Bradenton our, our home now for a while. So, you know, all those all those things just, you know, when it came together, it was kind of un- unbelievable. So. Um, I was really excited at the time and I'm, I'm really excited now and you know getting to come here and meet more of the guys and You know, head had to camp in a minute
2: You've talked about uh, in the past, you know being the, the sacrifice that you have as a major league player that, that you've, you've played so many years And obviously you're away from your family. You have four kids um, Maybe this is an opportunity to, to be even closer to home, but in terms of your career Everybody talks about what a great teammate you are, but this is the best you've pitched. I mean, that the health is there. These last two years have been incredible. The experiences you've had, I mean, you must you must feel as good as you ever have on the mound right now.
3: Um, I, f- I feel like the uh, the d- my development um, as a as a professional mm-hmm. um, kept going, kept improving. I had the opportunity to keep pitching. Yeah. And keep pitching at a high level. Yeah. A lot of guys, um, you know, they, you know, they get a couple injuries, have a couple injuries, have a couple surgeries, and that's it. They yeah. don't bounce back. I was fortunate enough to have a couple injuries, a few surgeries, and um, bounce back. And um, and I wound up in an, organiza- with an organization in, in Houston um, that, at the time, um, I was coming off a season where I got hurt, had a pretty severe hamstring injury, had a surgery, and. Um, but the ball was still coming out of my hand really well, and uh, and they saw that, and uh, we implemented some of their, you know, some of the, their plan, uh, and you know I, I put together a couple of really good seasons, and and I, I feel like my identity as a pitcher, um, has really solidified, you know, sure. the, the how I view myself, what I'm actually trying to do on the mound, what works on the mound. It took me a long time to get there, but. You know, I'm fortunate enough, you know, to to have gotten there. So, um, I mean, I wish it could have happened when I was, <laughs> when I was 22 and have when I was 33. Yeah.
2: Well, it all led to this. And and there was a time, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in Houston. You were a ground ball guy. I mean, you were a guy that got a lot of outs, a lot of contact. And then you became a strikeout guy. Um, talk about that transition and just, just how that is has
3: helped identify you as a, as a starter. Yeah, so if you, if you look at my numbers in, in 2017, um, the first half, it, w- it was like pretty much, you know, same old, same old. I got like, you know, like a four ERA, uh, probably striking out some more guys. But, you know, it wasn't like I go to Houston and I got a two ERA and I'm an all-star. You know, even, even going there and, you know, implementing more uses of the four-seam, throwing a curveball more, it it didn't immediately click, but mm-hmm. um, the 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 gist of it, you know, set in place uh, a, a transition into more of a strikeout guy, mm-hmm. and I, I would have games in in Pittsburgh where I felt like my stuff was as good as it had been, mm-hmm. I felt like my locations were as good as they had been, but <clears throat> whether it was the matchup, what, whether it was just fate. Who knows? Mm. But it's like you look at you look at my numbers, and it's like sixty percent ground ball rate, and I got a four ERA or whatever, four and a half. You know, I'll, I'll go out there, give up one run in seven innings. I'll give up five runs in two, mm. and feel like I didn't know what was going on. And I, uh, it got to the point where um, I just felt like I was, and I've said this before, I was leaving, leaving it up to fate you throw the ball and you're trying to make them hit it and then you're trying to make them hit it in a place where Somebody somebody's it. standing there yeah. so yeah um and now you know i i i got when i got to to houston spring training they sat me down in this meeting room with <laughs> all the charts <laughs> well i mean it, no it's actually it's actually pretty simplified yeah, it, yeah. it's um and you're looking up at the screen, and they're like, this is what you do well. These are locations where you should throw the ball more. And we had, you know, we butted heads a little bit because I said, you know, I'm a guy that likes to go down and in on righties all the time. They told you to go away, right? They yeah. said, go down and away. I mean, and I and I struggled with that. My ball runs a lot. The business run back in the middle. Yeah. But that was, you know, things like that where I disagreed. Um, that was not the norm. Right. Uh but the the gist of it was, throw the ball where you get little to no contact. <laughs> I never heard that before. I was yeah. like, okay, because <laughs> they said you throw the ball where they can't hit it. There is zero risk of the ball going for a hit or Makes an sense. Error. Makes sense, right? Yeah, and that was that. Um. But but really, it wasn't. It, you know, you. You, you, I think we try to look at things uh, like like they're binary. Like, yeah. Um, you know, oh, he goes to Houston, right? And now he's really good. No, the right? stuff was the stuff. Right? Well, yeah. to me, that that uh, you know, the, the the simplification of it to me is not 2017 Houston Astros. It, it began when I transitioned into like a three quarter guy uh, in 2011. Gotcha. And then. My numbers in 2011, um, from then on, decent major yeah. league pitcher. Yeah. Uh, but this is just kind of like, you know, the continuum of trying to get better. Um, so finally getting healthy, having a, a repertoire that fit into their plan. Um, my mentality changed um, from being a guy that was. Trying to let a guy hit the ball, you know, to and manipulate the ball to a guy that was gonna—I was gonna let it rip. I was gonna throw it as hard as I could, at least five, six times a game. Yeah. Where before I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Um, and um, and before you know it, you know, I, I, I put together a couple of good years.
1: Couple, of good, couple, couple good years. Couple is one of good way years. Couple <laughs> good Game <laughs> what, seven it, of World Series. Yeah. What, uh, and Charlie, I'm sure this will be a popular subject of conversation. But what is it like to get the last out of a World Series um, game seven? No, <laughs> um,
3: <I>, well so <laughs> when i when I, I came out of the pen and i remember because in in la the the bullpens in, in right field i remember coming out of that gate and and i'm looking at the scoreboard i mean i'm looking straight at the mound and i'm like man i hope i make it down there without slipping or falling <laughs> and then yeah, because it's weird, and I, and I had done it, i I'd done it in the minor league, so I I knew kind of like where to stop running, and where I got to the mound, um, I was I was trying to just warm up. I was like, you know, I got a routine, I got my routine, and trying to stay within myself as much as possible. But to be honest with you, that first inning, I was throwing as hard as I could, and it didn't go great. Right. Um, but I was throwing absolutely everything I had, <laughs> and then um, I, I kind of got into a rhythm. You know, got the breaking ball going got some off speeds going and um, we come down to the, the final out and uh, and uh, Seegers in the box and I, th- I threw him a pitch that was like a foot in off the plate and he swung at it and he hit it and um, hit it to the you know to, to be at second base and and I'm watching it and uh, to be honest with you at the time I uh, I, I was kind of looking around and making sure that that was a third out because <clears throat> even though I knew it was a third out, I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I wasn't that guy, you know, that celebrates <laughs> winning the World Series and out too soon. So it took me a second and then um, I realized what happened and I kind of like yelled something and I looked down and I'm yelling and I'm looking around from McCann, can and um, I was looking in the wrong place because he was actually backing up first and then um, he ran into my arms and then you're in
2: a uh, dog pile at that point. Right? Yeah,
3: I'm getting punched in the face, like strangled, <laughs> and uh, and and it's it's interesting because um, I was so focused on the game and, and, and getting that sure. yeah, getting outs that I I wasn't really taking it all in. Um, some of this is uh, some of this was is, is is from memory. Some of it um, is from pictures. And video that I've seen, wow. like piecing it all together because right, it's right. because you're, I, th- I think your your brain is not wired to, to process everything yeah. that way. Yeah. Like you're trying to memorize it, right? You're not, you're, you're computing other things in different ways. And um, so I, I wish that uh, my memories were a little more vivid, uh, but they're not. Uh, a lot of it I don't remember. Just because it's just it wasn't that wasn't what I was trying right. to do. Right. Yeah. Well, the g- no. good
1: thing is there's there's plenty of video and photos of it. It's a pretty big deal yeah. in Houston. Yeah. What uh, one other question for me is uh, your nicknames. You ground chuck was, was kind of understandable if you know baseball, and then what did you think of the CFM t shirts? We'll just keep it to that on yeah. a family <laughs> podcast. Um Yeah. Um <laughs>
3: I, I I liked it. Like you know, I didn't I didn't know it was a thing. And then because I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not I'm not on Instagram. Like, so I don't I don't know any of this stuff, you know. And um, when people started saying that, I was like, Man, I don't know what they're talking about. And then you know, I then we started to to figure out, you know, that that this was a this was going around. And I don't know. It's hard for me to embrace something like that because right. it's You're kind right. of a it's kind of aggressive, right. right?
1: Well, we can go with the the sanitized version. is Charlie Freaking Morton. Yeah. I think yeah, that one's still, okay. Yeah, it's still, you know, it's all right. But,
3: but I, um, I honestly appreciated it. Uh, I appreciated, you know, being being welcome there when I got there. To, you know, being uh, a member of that team and appreciated, and so. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever like like I like got players weekend or something right. like that. I'm not going for Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 The CFM. Well, but. you get the
1: Morton Steakhouse to sponsor you for that. Right.
3: So that, that I know I know who uh there's a there's a, a, a teammate former teammate that I was with the Pirates that likes to go on Wikipedia <laughs> and alter <laughs> and alter things, <laughs> like you yeah. know. Who's so, so this? is one of the one of the who is I talking to? One of, the, one, of the, one, of the, one of the one of the um he said uh that this that this former teammate, he went on, he went on wiki and he uh, and he put that I I eat like a a steak before right. Right. like <laughs> before a, a game. Out steak. yeah, or something like that. Right? Like, yeah, there's some other things in there that he just. Well, he I knew it was him the whole time. Like right. I knew it. I had that like right. intuitively. I just.
1: Well, did he put on there that you were an heir to the Morton Steakhouse family, and then someone um, asked you that in the media room during the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like no. Well, I wish, right? Maybe an endorsement. maybe something. Yeah, no. get some gift cards
3: out of that or something. Um, after we won, uh, they did they did send us uh, a set of steak knives. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> kind like you know we know you're not a, you know right we, you right. know we are not in you know but they sent they sent some steak knives. They showed some love. Yeah, like uh, that's that's cool. Right, you know exactly. Uh, so. Um, yeah there's some there's some some perks to be on a World Series winning team <laughs> for sure
2: yeah. and 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 obviously that they'd love for you to spread that uh, here yeah. so you yeah. talked about the American League East and, and, and you're no stranger to the Yankees obviously but but pitching in Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. Fenway Park um you know with Camden yards some of those places against against those teams that you know won 100 games yep. a year I mean that that challenge that 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 uh, the history of, of, of that division is is exciting to somebody like
1: yourself I would admit.
3: yeah um, I love I love going to Fenway yeah uh, the, uh, I grew up I grew up in New England and um, I was actually more of a more of a Yankee fan growing up growing up in uh, South southwestern Connecticut I was closer sure. to New York City sure. so I paid more attention to to the Yankees than the Red Sox but um, yeah, going going to those stadiums. and uh, I mean, I like I like old Yankee Stadium, because mm-hmm. um, I grew up a baseball fan. Yeah. You know? So, and then uh, you know, having, having a chance to play playoff baseball against those those organizations two years in a row, that was that was pretty cool. Um, so, harder to
2: pitch in Fenway, like well, as, as a right hander, or, or does it matter or? You know, does the mon is the monster a thing or Well
3: like, like like I say, like like playoff atmosphere I would yeah, say. You know, yeah. like, um, Those fans
2: are always into it.
3: Yeah. Um, the 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 Yankee the environment in Yankee Stadium um, is different. You know, yeah. it's it's different than, than Fenway. Uh, you know, that at least in my perception of it. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh a, it's a, it's more hostile it's uh it's louder mhm but um but fenway um you know the two the two places that just have you know a, a, that that vibe like that that big that big time northeast you know you know the the machine you know mm-hmm. so to go in there and and uh, and, and compete against those the, and, and their, I mean, the the, the teams themselves are, are great. Sure. And then on top of the the history and the, you know, the the environment, the environments are, you know, can get hostile. So it it you know, it's, it, it presents a challenge and you know. Uh, it, just part of the experience. You were
2: part of one of the greatest pitching staffs uh, in baseball, you know, for a number of years. Now you come here, you have a Cy Young winner and Blake Snell uh, and some young guys. Um, what do you make of the potential of, of this group with yourself added? Right.
3: Well, I, don't, I mean, I don't. I don't. I think the, the potential of, of youth, right? Yeah. Because like, there's, guys are going to develop. Sure. You know, out of where they are now. Sure. Um, more so, you know, on that 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 point of the curve where these guys are at than, um, say, like, a, you know, a, a team that's averaging, you know, 20, 29 years old. Right. 20, you know. Sure. Um, but but to a, lo- a lot of that potential, uh, I guess, uh, being solidified already in the fact that they won 90 games last sure. year. Sure, sure. So it's like, you know, I was on teams in Pittsburgh where that's where you're talking about. You're talking about potential because you haven't won. You're, you're losing half the games that you're playing, right? right. So, you're, so you're stuck on potential. Here, yeah. it's it's not. That's not. It's, it's been not, realized. Right, it's not just yeah, you know, something that you're hoping for. Right. Um. And, and it. it uh, I don't. I don't like to do a whole lot of uh, like calculating before a season. Sure. You know, because um, we're we're human. beings first so we're 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 diverse we're dynamic Mm -hmm. and um nothing nothing's really a given Mm -hmm. so the the and that's kind of one of the things i value about coming into a a new clubhouse is you you know new relationships right but also the fact that um when when guys get to a certain place in their careers they you know develop a certain skill set or um it, there's that, but then there's also there the, the intangibles, the X factor. You know, how are these guys working together yeah. um, to maximize that physical potential? So um, it's hard. It's you know, it's hard to say. You know exactly what, what to expect. Sure, but um, there's a tremendous amount of talent here. You know, mm-hmm. pretty much made obvious by what what they did last year. Yeah, and. Um, I'm I'm really hoping that uh you know to to stay healthy um and that, that's my biggest that's my biggest uh my biggest goal this year because um I've heard, I I figured some things out and I I I'd like to I'd like to contribute here and and I think this is this could be a really special team.
2: Boy Charlie Morton, what a thoughtful guy. Great interview. You can see what his value will be between starts with some of those young raised pitchers and one guy Who is glad to have him on the pitching staff is pitching coach Kyle Snyder. In his first year, all that happened for Snyder was, well, Blake Snell won the Cy Young Award and then the opener took the Major League Baseball by storm. And now it's one of the biggest stories, of course, in the offseason. Kyle Snyder joins us now. Kyle, great to see you again. And, and we, we were here a year ago. It was uh, uh, your first year uh, on this coaching staff. And, um, you know, th- there was a lot of expectations. I'm not sure people were looking at uh, necessarily 90 wins, which was, was tremendous. But uh, in terms of what you were going to do with your, your pitching staff, there, were, there was talk about the opener. Now, now it's a reality. Now other people in baseball are doing it. Just what about the ability of uh, to get your guys uh, to, to buy into uh, you know those different roles and accept them and then excel at them?
0: Well, I mean, at the buy-in, uh, started with Kevin, yeah. and you know, I, I think some of the first-year players, the um, you know, Ryan Yarbrough, Yanni Torinos, um, even after some of you know our our, our deadline moves, uh, Jalen Beeks. You know, guys that got their first opportunity, um, to, to come to the big leagues and understood that, you know, uh strategically we were trying to carve out advantages to put these guys in positions to be successful. Yeah. Um, the thought of coming out of the gates the way that, you know, we had initially intended on, which was four starters in a bullpen day, was to to capitalize on bullpenning, to capitalize sure. on the, you know, the strategic nature of being able to kind of match up, right? And um you know, Nathan Avaldi getting hurt the day before opening day, you know, it turned into a three man staff and yeah. it didn't work so well the first four or five weeks, certainly not the first two. And then, you know, after we, we got in the middle of May and Sergio started a couple of games out in Anaheim, you know, things got rolling a little bit. I think some of the players embraced the fact that, you know, not only was this gonna give them a chance to 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 establish themselves and be successful, but it's given our team a chance to win yeah and and I, I think a lot of that just kind of took on a life of its own definitely.
2: well it was it was it was fun to watch but it was it was really also fun to watch uh, a guy like Blake snow and we had talked before the season uh, about how he had grown up uh, and they had to show it in uh, and, and look when you win the Cy Young and you pitch as well as he did especially the even better in the second half which was hard to imagine you t- you talked to him before the year, and and this was not this was not something he wasn't focused on. I mean, he I think he told you, "I want to be the best left-hander in baseball," right?
0: He did say that. Yes, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a crystal clear goal of his. I think uh, you know a, a credit to Blake. I, I believe work ethic is a is a learned skill. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I, I think I think Blake took it to another level. You know, between you know seventeen and eighteen. Um, was was disappointed in, in in how he had performed the first parts of the first two years of his major league career, um, and and all that's just you know on him. You know he got himself in great shape, got himself into a good rhythm coming into camp, um, but it was definitely something he said to me. Um, it was the morning of uh, January 25th last year. Uh, in Seattle, think, right? In Seattle, yeah. He took me, took me around his old stomping grounds. We got a chance to see where he grew up, went to middle school, went to high school, the house he grew up in, <laughs> uh, his shoe collection. Uh, and that, that was your getting to know
2: him sort of? Uh, well, I mean, Blake, Blake I mean, and I have known each other for a long time, right? But yeah. you wanted to see him before the start of the The month.
0: big purpose of those those visits, and they happened again mm-hmm. this year as well, was right. the relationship building. I guess. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and so uh, he comes in here, and uh, uh, what, is it, what does it mean to the rest of the staff and, and to these some of these young pitchers um, to have an anchor like that, to see a guy and, and go through it with him on a daily basis?
0: Well, I think it means a lot just given what Blake accomplished last season, certainly. I, I mean, it, it was a historic season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, But I think it also provides a boost to a lot of these guys year over year that maybe didn't come out of a season that they felt um, – is satisfied with or realize that you know what i i there's a lot of things that i'd like to to improve on and and what can happen you you know year over year well i think blake's a pretty good example yeah you know of if you really set your mind to something and, and and you focus on actually improving over the winter which is what guys are doing now um you know that 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 can happen right? and again I, I think you know, Blake kind of sets that tone for us a lot going into this year and it was it was a really really good example of that
2: aside from his work ethic which uh, you mentioned has has gotten as, as good as there is how about his approach what did he do differently on the mound in terms of uh, was it working off the fastball more was it uh, uh, location what were the things that uh, that mattered to him
0: uh, some of the big things that we talked a lot about that, that you saw play out throughout you know, the course of the season was there was some curveball usage that you started to increase the curveball. And, and again, that was just feel, too, right? I mean, it's you're not going to suggest the guy throw a pitch that, you know, maybe has the best chance at a swing and miss, but yeah. doesn't, not is able to throw the ball, or, you know, the zone rates are down, or you're not you know, able to, to locate the ball the way that you want to. But mm-hmm. as soon as he started feeling better about the curveball, the curveball usage started to come up. Um, he started using, obviously, as a putaway pitch underneath the zone. Um, that's a lot of where it started. And I think, I think almost more than anything else, mechanically, I think Blake just took a big step forward from the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the point of view of body control. Yeah, right? You know, yeah. it's just he just was able to, you know, he got his couple of triggers and cues locked in early on. Um, you know, battled a couple of things, but once he, you know, once he figured out where he needed to be, you know, he was able to to, to replicate that a lot, and, and it, it certainly helped him control the zone and, and, and get into some powerful counts.
2: Pretty much unhittable the second half, and and now you add a guy like Charlie Morton to this staff who uh, has had the most success sort of at the end of his career, but certainly has figured out a lot of things throughout his career, and uh, a World Series champion, a guy that pitched in Game Seven in the ALCS and and in the World Series, and and I know he's not here for his experience, although that's certainly part of who he is, um, but what what does a guy like that bring to your staff to have a, a right-hander that can that can now um, follow Blake or however you guys set that up
0: sure it, it it means a tremendous amount to have a guy like Charlie who's experienced what he's experienced who's, who's you know the ultimate goal here for all every single one of us obviously is a world championship and, and, and this has happened recently this is this is coming from a guy that's that's really peaking you know um, at, at the age of 34 or 35 you could argue that you know last season was was the best season that he's had in his career yeah. Um I but he's over, he's overcome a lot to get to that. He point. has a lot you of know. injuries, a lot of yeah, exactly trying right. times. Yeah. So I think that I you know that kind of you know provides him a platform as well. You know not just uh, um, the respect that comes with that, right? Given what it, it is that he's overcome to get to this point in his career. But you know I mean he's he's a tremendous arm. He's a tremendous talent. He's going to help us win a ton of games. But he's going to do a lot in that clubhouse. That's going to help you know fortify you know a lot of the you know team chemistry. Those and,
2: conversations for four days matter right? Certainly do.
0: Between starts. There's no doubt about that you yeah. know and, and the conversations that these players have amongst one another yeah. you know they're learning a lot more from one another than they're learning from me.
2: Well you had uh, another young guy uh, come up with, with just a power arm in, in Tyler Glass now. Where, where do you see uh, his role and his development that, that you watched over the course of the year?
0: Well I, I think Tyler did a lot of really good things the last two months of last season. I mean if he builds on you know, again, you know, early count strike throwing, um, you know, th- this kid has a chance to take, you know, a tremendous leap forward. There, there are a lot of similarities, you know, between he and Blake, at, you know, at similar stages of their careers. And um, he's a he, he's this powerful a pitcher that there is in today's game and, and he, he's beginning to understand that he's beginning to understand that he doesn't need to be that fine and he doesn't need to be that artistic the stuff will play The stuff plays and you know it's uh you know for a lot of these guys it's it's a lot less art you know and it, it's a lot <laughs> more power and you know and that's and that's fine and you just start to think about you know obviously understanding how the stuff works but you yeah. know the art comes in you know once you get this the put away counts and 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 really focusing on, you know, sitting guys down three or four pitches and doing it back.
2: Ryan Yarbrough was a guy that got a lot of wins and a lot of experience and and at times was unhittable himself uh, as a left-hander, especially uh, against uh, left-handed hitters and others. Um, I would think he's just going to build on that. Do you see him as a guy, uh, and again, I don't know what roles you're going to define for them, but the opener was, was, was something you'll continue to use, I'm sure. Could he find himself pitching the first inning and then maybe five innings after that?
0: Potentially, yes. I mean, I mean, Ryan, Ryan had a tremendous year, and I, I don't think it had to do necessarily with how Ryan was managed. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he just took another big step forward. 2017 was a great year for him. He developed two new pitches that he hadn't had, you know, previously in his career. Um, he continued to build on both of those, as well as the rest of the arsenal at the major league level last season. Um, And, yes, I mean, Ryan is a starter profile. He is a guy that we used, you know, behind, you know, some hard-throwing openers. I think there was some benefit to some contrast, but Ryan, aside from that, um, is, is a fantastic pitcher with a, a tremendous about to build on going into 2019. He's just another unique arm. We have some different looks, and um, I, I, I believe that that benefits us as well.
2: Tell me about the back of the bullpen, because this is this is one where you, you used a lot of different guys at times to, to get that 27th out. Um, you know, your your team is always changing. We saw that from the start of the year to the end of the year. That's one thing that that is consistent with the Rays is that they're always going to uh, continue to improve themselves. So maybe maybe he is or he isn't here. But who would you say now would be guys that you'd be looking at uh, at the end of games?
0: Well, I mean, uh, Jose Alvarado, with what sure. he's done in the last two years, uh, you know, would certainly be in the front of the conversation. Sure. I mean, Diego Castillo has the stuff. We've talked a lot about Diego the last couple of years. Um, being the type of guy, the type of stuff, the you know the heart rate for the ninth inning. Um, Ryan Stanek, I mean, coming out of the oh, yeah. 2018 season, um, helping define that opener role. Uh, I see as a guy that could potentially graduate to a late inning role as well. A- as far as what we do, uh, I know Kevin and I have talked quite a bit about that the last couple of weeks. That, you know, those conversations will certainly continue through spring training. Um, but we have a ton of talent, um, you know, and I think we showed last year that you know. Um, you know that the, the talent compared to experience at times, you know, um, you know, just just may trump things. and I, I, I believe you know, with where we are in the year that these guys, even the half year that Diego has underneath his belt is really going to pay. Pay off, or you know,
2: you know, Stanek was lights out yeah. as an opener, yeah. uh, but yet it's a different it's a different deal to get the twenty seventh right. out. Right? Is that just just a matter of getting up there and, and, and gaining the confidence? So the stuff obviously is the same.
0: I think so. Yeah, and I, I you know we talked a little bit about you know some of the benefits that come with opening the game and sure, um, you know, got the matchup set up. You got the matchup set up. You, you, got yeah. set up, you know, you, you you got hitters that are in the box that you know are, are trying to get themselves kind of you know into a, In a rhythm, rhythm. So, so to speak and you know so uh i, I think but i also think that you know uh, doing something different doing something unique you know is something that, that these guys like to embrace as well absolutely you know so um uh, i think that fed into it
2: have you yeah. seen his commercial where he's opening the blinds yet have you seen that on i've seen not it? seen it yet no it's a great um, one i have t- to uh, check that out he uh-huh. is he's is indeed now <laughs> branding himself as the guy <laughs> opening the windows uh, okay. Emilio Pagan is somebody you got mm. from uh, from the Oakland A's. That uh, a young guy that uh, has had some some major league experience and some good experiences, um, and uh, just just uh, he looks like a guy that 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 could do a lot of, of roles for you, right?
0: There's there's another name there, um, you know, with as well as he threw the ball, especially in you know the first two thirds of last season, right. you know, with Oakland. A, He's added a couple of pitches. I got a chance to spend some time with Emilio in Charlotte, where said that, yeah. yeah, where he calls home in the offseason. Got a chance to see him throw a bullpen and a couple of these new pitches that, you know, that he's going to bring to the table. He's he's a name that's um, that, that's that's going to be really big for us this year. There's no doubt about that. That he's really highly thought of, um, uh, it, which should be fairly obvious with the trade that was made, but. Um, yeah, another guy that I know that we're going to count on, and he's going to pitch some meaningful innings for us in the back end of that pen this season as well.
2: Of course, as important as anybody to your pitching staff are the guys handling the pitchers. And you, you've got a couple of guys now, of course, and, and Zanino comes, comes over. Uh, right. uh, well, as good a defensive catcher, I think, as, yeah. as there is. So, uh, what does that mean to a staff to, to have somebody back behind a plate like that?
0: I can't say enough about what a guy like Mike's going to be able to contribute you know, to this staff, especially. You know, we have some, maybe year, a year beneath you, but we're still relatively green. Yeah. You know, to have, have a leader like Mike back there, um, you know, the reps, the life experiences, you know, um, the intelligence, the aptitude. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten an opportunity to speak with Mike really only one time, to be honest here. But, you know, we, we got into some things, it's obvious, you know, throughout baseball. You know, there isn't one person that doesn't rave about this guy and what he's capable of and, and, and what he's going to contribute to his staff. So we're we're thrilled about that. Mikey Perez, fantastic job the last half of last season. Um, you know, we're you know really thrilled with what he's going to be able to do as well between those two guys. Obviously, Nick Shufo was up there in September, did a nice job for us as well. Um, but as far as what we're looking at, you know, regarding the bat stop and the, and the pitcher-catcher relationships, you um, I think we're be- we're in his better. we probably a- we're in better hands than anybody else in, in baseball. Look, anybody.
2: I don't know what you were expecting. Uh, uh, you had been with these guys a lot in the minors, but your your first year as a major league pitching coach, and I don't know that there was anybody that had to work harder <laughs> with 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 you know the guys, the openers, uh, using used so many pitchers and and, and 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 you know started off slow, but to win ninety games and and and, and sort of drive that uh, as a staff, you, you've got to be awfully pleased about how your first year went. Um, uh, with the Rays and, and, and what you were able to accomplish and, and I guess the future that you've talked about uh, with these young guys, right?
0: Yeah, the core, it, 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 I'm, I'm just proud of a, a lot of guys that I've spent a, a ton of time with, you know, yeah. even at the developmental levels to, to to get to this level from Blake having the year that he had to to Ryan Yarborough graduating to the big leagues. You know, it's, you know, all of our goals are, are the same, same yeah. you know, sure. and at, at the end of the day, and, you know, I it, this isn't, none of this is about me yeah I, I, I want I want every single one of these guys to excel I want everyone of them to stay healthy and, 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 and that, that's a lot to undertake you know sometimes you know when you're out here and and Kevin and I are having conversations about workloads and you know from one outing to the next but you know uh, everything that we do is just to put these guys in positions to be to stay stay healthy more than anything else but you know to be successful and you know to it, it was a really rewarding year. You know, we, we want to play some meaningful games in October. That's the number one goal. Sure. Um, if we win 90 next year, hopefully that gets us there. Uh, I, for me, all I'm concerned about is winning the number of games that it takes, so to, it get takes to get there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Get so. in the tournament. And, and the year ended, even though you weren't in the postseason. Didn't you have a chance to go and watch Blake uh, get his Cy Young Award? Uh, I did, yes. See, I, what I, was I, that moment like?
0: That was a really special moment, you know. and, and, and I, I Whatever it is that I contributed to, to Blake's season has been overstated to this point. I'm, it, it, uh, I'm starting to, you know, Blake, you know, for two minutes talked about me, and I, I was extremely humbled and flattered about that. But, you know, I, you know, the credit goes to him. The credit goes to, to his family, his father, support system. Uh, it was a very special moment, though.
2: Final thing: A couple of your guys that were with you last year are now major league managers. Uh, how do you? How glad are you to see guys like Charlie Montoya after all these years with Toronto? Of course, um, Rocco Baldelli now the manager of the Twins. Yeah, I'm
0: thrilled for both of them. You know, I have Charlie. You know, years, 18 or 19 years. You know, it, it, it's for him to get the opportunity to run a club. Um, long overdue. Uh, you know, I, I couldn't be more thrilled for uh, for Charlie, Rocco can do whatever he wants to do in this game. You know he, He's just he's just that talented. He's a bright mind. He relates to players. Uh, he was a tremendous player himself. Uh, he's going to be a tremendous manager as well. So
2: well, You've done a great job. We look forward to uh, this season and then more of the same.
0: Rick, I appreciate you Thanks having so me much.
2: on. Great stuff there from Charlie Morton and, of course, uh, our friend Kyle Snyder as well. Hey, the Rays are going to be in action this weekend. Their first televised game will be on Sunday on uh, Fox Sports Network and if you want to listen to the Rays uh, today, as a matter of fact, you can catch them on RaysBaseball.com and hear Andy Fried and Dave Wills with the play-by-play. Baseball is back. We couldn't be happier. The Lightning, though, weirdly have a whole weekend off. It's kind of a strange quirk of the schedule, but they're going to play again on Monday against the LA Kings, and by then we'll know if they've made any moves by the 4 p.m. trade deadline. So that's something to look forward to as well. And the NFL Combine starts next week. We'll tell you all about it and what the Bucks' plans are when we talk to you guys again on Monday. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.